Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Sound Off, and as we do every Monday, or usually every Monday, we didn't last Monday because our friend Kurt from A-plus Computers was on a little vacation trip, which he's allowed to take vacation as well, especially because he works hard during the week. But Kurt uh, from A-plus Computers in Superior, they're located uh, on 1910 Tower Avenue, and uh, he is on the phone with us right now to talk about how he can help you with any kind of problems you might have or just adding to uh, storage capacity or anything else like that on a computer's. Uh, good morning, Kurt. How are you? Are you rested and uh, relaxed now after vacation? Uh, I am. We went down kind of in your neck of the woods to enjoy the sun and warmth, which, uh, you know, coming back up here and going into cloud cover again is kind of depressing. <laughs> but we'll we'll see the sun again in June, I think. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, while you were gone, I'm sure your shop was uh, probably well-maintained and uh, people were doing a good job. Uh but uh, what are you uh, what are you starting to see now? I mean, I don't think things have changed that much. It just seems like every time uh, somebody comes up with some new scheme to try to get uh, their hands on uh, on individuals' money, they try to do it through their computers. But uh, well, what's yeah. the latest yeah, ones going? Yeah, those schemes are still going. One of the newest problems we're starting to run into here, and and it's kind of a Microsoft caused issue uh, with updates, is. Uh, we're seeing some computers that have BitLocker on them, which is uh, hard drive encryption, uh, and most customers don't even know they have it on there. Um, it's just oh. it's a uh, something that we've seen actually the, from the factory with HP uh, or some of the manufacturers will have it enabled, and the customer creates a creates a Microsoft account and it automatically enables BitLocker. and And what we're running into is uh, uh, and seeing a few of them last week, and and hopefully not anymore, but. Um, some of the updates that are rolling in are causing the machines to lock out and get into a BitLocker recovery loop where you have to know your, oh, it's like a 60, 48 or 60 digit code. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Who would know that? You. Uh, and if you don't know the code, then you're, uh, uh, you have to go to your Microsoft account and hope Microsoft backed it up out of their own, uh, goodwill for your account. And if they didn't, uh, you could lose everything. So, um, so yeah, we're, we've been running into that a little bit. Uh, luckily, the accounts have had the codes in them, so we're able to, to get them out of the loops and get them to come back. But uh, they do get to be uh, – uh, we've had a few that just end up being reloads, too. And the customer loses everything yeah. unless they had it backed up. So, yeah. So well, you know, maybe we can – The last week. One one other thing that I think people should really be uh, aware of is the problem that my wife went through with Facebook. If you if you have somebody, some a friend of yours on Facebook that says, uh, "Hey, would you send me your address because uh, I want to send you a card or something?" Don't do it. Once your yeah. address is out there on the big worldwide system, um, they can get into anything just about. Well, and and she was a victim of uh, uh, basically identity theft. Uh, taking her account and, and trying to extort information from all of her friends, uh, and right. that uh, uh, that's pretty happens more often than you can than than you think. Um, and the biggest thing is getting in there and changing your password. And that's where uh, she ran into some issues because the person that had, had taken her account had already gone in and changed the password and stuff. So, um, yeah. But if, as soon as you notice any problems like that, 
most of the time they don't take the time to go in and change the password. So if you can get into your account still, uh, it's a good idea to change. And it's not a bad idea to change your password every every couple months anyway. Um, okay. The problem is having so many passwords, you don't remember them all. Uh, so. Well, that's the problem. See, like my wife and I, we have a list of two pages long of passwords yeah. for everything under the sun, and it's just almost impossible to remember them. But well, that's a good idea I to write them to down you, and have a book. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do that. You got to have a book, and then you got to keep that in a safe, secure spot. Uh, yep. But if, if yep. in in like ten seconds or less, and I don't know that you can do that, can you give us just a thumbnail idea of the kinds of things you do over there? I mean, people should realize that uh, that Air uh, that A One Plus sells computers, new and used. Uh, they will yep. build security systems for you. They'll add to your your uh, cloud or to your storage capacity. Uh, what other kinds of things, just real quickly, should yeah, we so look for for? We work with home users and small businesses, so typically 15 computers or less, 15, 20 computer or less businesses. Um, we evaluate the existing infrastructure, what you're using it for, see if we can make any improvements for you, repairs. Um, with home users, we do software and hardware repairs. We do uh, upgrades of just about anything. Uh, we custom-built new desktop computers. We do uh, new laptop computers. So uh, uh, pretty much anything you're needing done computer-wise, give us a call. If we can't do it, we'll know somewhere we can send you that does. Um, and if we yeah, can absolutely. do it, we can, we'll can. we help you out. Super. And again, uh, Northlanders, just so you can write this down, uh, the, the phone number to call Kurt over at A-plus Computers. And again, A-plus is located in Superior, Wisconsin, right on Tower Avenue, 1910 Tower Avenue. But their phone number to call them is 715 395 8 333. And uh, Kurt, as always, we appreciate your time here on Monday. If people have questions about specific types of things for their computer, can they email you direct or would you rather not have them do that? Yeah, no, they can. We have a link off of our website uh, for our staff account and we respond to those as soon as we see them come in. So, yep. All right. Excellent. Thank you. And no we'll problem. talk to you again next Monday. Thanks, Kurt. Well, Kenny, uh, before we go to this next break, I got to bring you up to date on this latest Camilla Harris. She was out, she was down here in Florida yesterday, and of course, they she was uh, uh, speaking at some rally for abortion rights, and she just uh, see she's the kind of woman that I just uh, makes me cringe when I think about uh, the way she uses our government, our constitution for her own uh, benefit. Uh, when I say her own, the Democratic Party or her leftist ideology, because yesterday she used the Declaration of Independence, but she convoluted it. <laughs> is that a word, convoluted it? Well, she didn't use it legitimately the way it is. Let me let me read you what the opening Constitution says or the, the phrase of it. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the Declaration of Independence uh, right out of the National Archives. Well, here's what, here's what Kamala Harris said yesterday. In Harris's speech, she quoted the Declaration of Independence in saying that Americans are entitled to the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Now, I guess it's understandable why she would kind of leave out uh, the right to life 
when she's talking about abortions? Because evidently, when you talk about abortions, no one has a right to life, especially small babies that are uh, that really don't have the right to protect themselves until uh, you know they're much older in life. Uh, so I can see why she would kind of forget. Uh, that the Declaration of Independence does say that among our rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not just liberty and the pursuit of happiness? Yeah, and, and let me share exactly what she said, Brad. I do have the sound. Okay. This is what Good. the vice president said. A promise, a promise we made in the Declaration of Independence, that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. So she did, in fact, omit the word life. Life, yes. And one more time, this is what she said. To liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Now, she's the vice president of the United States, quoting the Declaration of Independence. and Except she, only, the, only the part she wanted people to know about. This is beyond unacceptable. I I don't know if treason is the right word here, but she doesn't deserve to hold the office of vice president when she displays this type of uh, behavior. Well, you know, it's it's almost like uh, you you pick and choose uh, what what portion of the government you want to have people accept. And and that's just it, it. You're absolutely right, Kenny. It is absolutely it's just beyond pale that a vice president of the United States would take the opportunity when she's talking about abortion to leave out part of our Declaration of Independence. And and probably, in my humble estimation anyway, probably the most important one, that we're all, uh, if, that we have certain inalienable rights, which is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You can't have liberty and the pursuit of happiness if you don't already have life. Ooh, Brad, hang on. You caught me off guard on that one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I just make this stuff up on the go, folks. I'm just, <laughs> I am not a trained professional, believe me. Anyway, I, I, in her speech, Harris also addressed the suggestions of a federal abortion ban from some GOP lawmakers. Last fall, South Carolina Lindsey Graham introduced a bill to ban abortions na- nationwide at 15 weeks of pregnancy. See, I don't happen to have a problem with that. I I think uh, 15 weeks is what? Uh, four, uh, that's three months at least. If you've had three months to think about whether you're going to commit uh, an abortion or not, if you've you know been, let's say you've been raped or you've been uh, whatever you know, or you had relationship with somebody that soured, and now you decide you don't want to raise that person's child, three months is, in my estimation, pretty acceptable to make that decision. But I don't want to see somebody make that decision on the way you're in. You're in the hospital. You're in the delivery room. The child is coming out. Feet are coming out first or head come out for whatever. And then you decide, oh, oh, wait, wait, just a minute. Uh, you know, I just do not. Could you just take that scissor there and stick him in the skull there? I don't want to have that kid. I mean, you're saying right now, Brad, that is so rude. That is so cruel. You are so disgusting. That's what they do. In some cases, that's how they end those abortions or how they end those pregnancies. But for Camilla Harris to say that, by the way, I am getting information on the question I asked earlier, uh, Kenny. 
remember I asked earlier about the you know uh, can the uh, can the governor uh, do this with flags? Well, he can only do it with state facility flags on state facilities. He, the governor has no right to tell the post office, for example, um, uh, you know what? You can't uh, you can't have that uh, you you can't have that flags flying up. You know we, we got you got to drop into half mast at the floor. No, that's a that's a that's a federal facility. The governor does unfortunately have the right. To say yes at a state building, you can do that. But uh, if the if he says that flag, that he wants state flags at half mast, I'm not putting mine at half mast on my property up in Zenith Terrace. If I'm there, I got my flag up. I ain't taking mine down unless it's for a legitimate federal reason, um, and I don't think you should either. So that's the answer to that question. Thank you, Bob, for that. <clears throat> he he has the right only. Uh, to uh, to issue that edict to state buildings, uh, state of Minnesota buildings, the Capitol, the uh, you know the state driver's license bureau, whatever, uh, then you can do that. So anyway, uh, the, the question has come out, uh, Kenny, as we were talking about in the first hour. Uh, where have these documents been for the sixty-eight days? Well, let's take a break, uh, do our first break here, Bauer number two, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that, because I'm kind of concerned about that. Where have these documents been, and who's uh, been looking at them for the 68 days that they that they knew they existed? We'll be right back. KDAL time is 1227. I wanted to check the Army Corps of Engineers down near the area lift bridge. There it is, a 23.4, 23.4 on the air Tampa. We'll go with 23 degrees. Winds are about 10 miles an hour out of the southwest. National Weather Service in Duluth at the International Airport, 22 degrees. Well, Kenny, you know, when when we have good local uh, merchants that do wonderful things, do nice things uh, for our community, we like to let people know about it. And uh, one of the things uh, that I need to highlight or want to highlight is uh, what what uh, Super One did for the, uh, the whole community during this last Christmas season. <clears throat> Miners uh, that own Super, Super Ones uh, throughout the whole area. This is last Christmas season. The new this last Christmas season, Miners Incorporated ran a register campaign at select Super One locations <clears throat> to collect additional donations for the Salvation Army. In other words, the register campaign ran on the pin pad at stores, at store locations. Additional donations made to the Salvation Army's red kettles at, at area Super One stores were also matched from December 12th through December 24th to the tune of $50,000 thanks to the continued generosity of Miners Incorporated, owners of Super One. The register campaign, now the, you got to remember the Red Kettle campaign uh, at Super One's raised $50,000. The register campaign raised $41,059.91. That's where you go in, you're going to pay for your groceries with your with your credit card, your debit card, whatever. And the pin pad asks you, would you like to would you like to make a donation to the Salvation Army? You can put an amount in and or say no. Um, that raised forty one thousand. So the Salvation Army in the area that the total raised from miners to match the fifty thousand, the total fund going to the Salvation Army in the area equates to ninety one thousand fifty nine dollars and ninety one cents. 
to celebrate this donation. Representatives from the Duluth Salvation Army Super One will be meeting on Wednesday, January 25th at Kenwood Super One for a check presentation. Um, And speaking on behalf of Miners, Inc., Patrick Miner said, we've been a proud sponsor for the Salvation Army for decades and admire the great work that they do every day in helping others. Our family and the Super One team were delighted to see the register fundraising campaign donation results provided by our generous customers. We are happy to help them achieve fundraising success so they can meet the demands of their clients. And, you know, the Salvation Army does all kinds of things. I mean, yes, they feed uh, people and they have clothing drives, and they have, but they even provide basketball camps for male and female youth in the community and so much more. So hats off to Super One stores for the great, great efforts they made raising uh, money during the holiday season for the Salvation Army. Thank you, thank you, our studio audience. What a great studio audience we have. <laughs> Very lively. Yeah, they're cheering you on. They are. They're they're, they're, yeah, when I turn the pretty. mic off, they're, they're, tell Brad to say this and that. They want you to keep uh, uh So you were going to talk about uh, why it took so yeah, long? Yeah, wh- what was the... Yeah, why it... Well, where, you know, what, what's what been going on? Where is this, uh, you know, because nobody... Well, yeah, there, there are reporters now that are finally starting to push the questions with uh, Corinne, you know, the, she, she, have you noticed how everything, every way when she's talking now, her right hand is always pushing out, pushing out, pushing out. She's like, she's, I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. Um, anyway, it appears that President Joe Biden, uh, on the limited evidence we have so far, it appears that President Joe Biden improperly possessed, you know, fewer classified documents than the former President Donald Trump did. However, as more facts emerge, the 46th president's document debacle is quickly eclipsing that of Trump. The scope, the number of locations, the disclosure of Biden's classified documents all call into question how ethically the revelations were handled. In other words, was it really ethical for them to find the documents in, oh, I don't know, let's say no early November, but put off until or in October maybe, and put off until after the midterm elections before you bring that up? Well, that's probably not ethical to do that, but that's what they did. So we've got the scope, the location, and the disclosures. Now, unlike Trump, who as president had the power, and this is where you get into some factual things that still need to be worked out, because I was under the impression that only a president has the right to declassify presidential documents during the time he was president and that that of course would outlaw Biden from being because he wasn't president during that time he had documents uh that were basically belonged to Barack Obama that he declassified and took to his home Biden uh supposedly did not have that but there is question it turns out that evidently during one period of time during the presidency of Barack Obama he did allow uh, for Biden also to get declassification. So we're going to find out how that how that goes as we go along here. But it appears like the scope, and, and even to the extent of his own Democratic Party, a number of his own uh, Democratic uh, counterparts are now saying, uh, eh, you know, the more and more we look at this, this is not very good. This is, uh, this is really kind of a... 
a whole thing where we got to ask questions of this president, why he was doing this, what these documents. And, and I think we all, all of us, you, I, and everybody else out there, whether you're a Democrat or a, pre- or a Republican, you want to know what these documents were about. Why did he need to hold these documents for years in some cases? Anyway, we got to go to CBS News, folks. We'll be back shortly. KDAL time, 1238. Uh, Sky Harbor Airport checks in. Uh, flurries, 23 degrees. Superior is overcast in 23. And Cloquet, Minnesota, light snow and 19 degrees. Well, it's just cold enough that we might want to have uh, Justin from AirServe uh, kind of update our uh, heating systems for us. So <laughs> let's see if we can get him on the phone. Oh, we got him on the phone. He's right there. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Commandant. I spent a Monday morning at the end of January here doing a nice little tour of Northern Pine County today. My office administrator, she does a very good job of uh, reducing my driving time on my appointment calendar. And so I spent a day in Bruno, Willow River, uh, Rutledge. I was in Geese. I was in Askov and Finlayson. So I just did that little All that in one day? Well, you know, I didn't make calls in all of those towns, but I thought, hey, you know, I haven't been in northern Pine County in a long time or whatever, so I, I did my appointments, and then I just took a little tour. Nice, nice. Did you go up on 23 and through some of that? Yes, I was on 23. I was on uh, Highway 18. I was on County Road 39, and, of course, the interstate as well. And I'm just mentioning that because, you know what, I love meeting with people in some of these smaller towns in northern Minnesota. They are just some really rock-solid, genuine, kind people. They show you an immense amount of respect and hospitality when you go into their houses. And so, you know, really you'd, look at, yeah, you'd look at an appointment for AC on a Monday morning down in Bruno, and you think, well, why in the world do I want to go and do that? Well, that's the exact kind of appointment you want to go on, Brad. That's right. <laughs> Now that's uh, you're talking about Julianne Nimi, right? And setting you up is that the? Yeah, how I yeah, remember some a, names. <laughs> she does. She does a really good job. You know, one of the things that we've been able to do with our new software that we have, and with uh, of course some additional planning and and expertise on our end, is our industry suffers for a lack of employees, just like a lot of industries do. My two owners cannot just hire somebody off the street to come to a customer's house and put in a furnace. There's education, on-the-job training, and a skill set that's involved. And so what we've been able to do is we've been able to take the same number of days in a week, the same number of hours in a day, and the same number of hands, and we've been able to actually make things a lot more efficient. So we're putting in probably 18 to 20 more systems with the same amount of resources than we have been in previous years. And so it's been a wonderful opportunity for growth and also an opportunity for us to cut back our lead times and get more really high-quality air-serve heating and cooling systems installed in your listeners' homes. That's fantastic. That is really great. Well, Justin, I just wanted to give you a heads up that I I am not going to be here Friday. Uh, I was going to invite you to come fishing with me, but it probably wouldn't work out because it's uh, maybe longer than a one-day trip for you. <laughs> it's but, a little, little bit of Friday, a Friday. Not, yeah, not quite as Fri- easy as doing a little tour of Northern Pine County to go yeah. down to Florida and all, you know. Yeah, no. But but feel free. Kenny would love to talk to you on Friday, so feel free to call in and uh and get that done. Uh, when it, when when I come back on Monday, I'll give you the, all the fish stories, of course. You know, the, the the big one that got away and the big one that I caught and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm more concerned about the big one that you caught, that you had filleted, and you ate with Kathy. That's the story I want to hear. That's the ones that I'll be telling you about. That's yes, the one. You. <laughs> well, that's that's outstanding. So are you down in that area all day today then? or or what's, well, sometimes. Uh, 
yeah, sometimes my calendar works that way. And, and like I said, you know, Julianne just does a wonderful job. So we're just, again, trying to trying to save money on fuel, wear and tear on vehicles, maximize my time. You know, the, the, the day goes by so quickly when you're busy and having fun. She'll do my schedule yes. in such a way that I spend an entire day in East Duluth. Or I'll spend an there entire day in, in Cloquet, Carlton, Esco kind of a thing. And it just really makes the day go a lot more smoothly. So we have a pretty wide coverage area, right around 45 to 50 miles uh, radius around the office. I'll go outside of that a little bit if I know whose house I'm going to and what I'm going to do when I get there. But we try to stay within about 50 minutes to an hour of the shops. Can I ask you a question? And I know the answer to this already. You really like this job, don't you? All right. Oh, I do. I do. You know, when, when I get on the radio with you and if I talk about my employers, if I talk about my coworkers, my office staff, the equipment that we install, the manufacturers, reps that we work with, the distributors or whatever, I, I really couldn't have it any better than what I have. And that's why I brag about it all yeah. the time, because I have nothing but good things to say. Well, I've known you for years and years and years. I can tell it in your voice. You're just so excited about going out another day and talking to people about their heating and air conditioning and the quality of the air they breathe. So, uh, Justin, let's end this by telling people how to call up this uh, Julianne Nemi and get an appointment to have you come out to the home. Well, Brad, we make it easy with an easy telephone number, 218-879-SERV, S-E-R-V, and our website, airserve.com, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. We'll check in with you again on Wednesday. Well, Kenny, I don't know if you were like me, uh, but uh, man, when when I heard this last Friday, I think it was when I heard it for the first time, I went, uh huh. You know, you and I have talked uh, over the years that we've been doing this. We We've talked about how many illegal immigrants do we really have in this country? Because we keep hearing what? 11 million, 11 million. Then now we've heard recently, well, it could be maybe 20 million. Well, then, I think it was on Friday, I'm, I'm uh, watching a news clip, and they got, uh, they got the three amigos down there in Mexico City when Mexican President Andre Manuel Lopez Orbador remarked on the tens of millions of Mexicans Ill- living in the United States during a recent sum- summit with President Joe Biden. The pair of presidents were joined by Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in Mexico City last week for an annual gathering of the North American leaders nicknamed the Three Amigos Summit. Lopez Orbador said that while many immigrants have come from Central America, there have also been Mexican immigrants who were going to look for a better living standard towards going to look for a job in the United States. Just imagine, he continued, there are 40 million Mexicans in the United States, 40 million who were born here in Mexico, who are the children of people who were born here in Mexico. He made the comment about 57 minutes and nine seconds into the press conference, which I then saw and looked at on YouTube. Uh, The remark came during a lengthy response uh, to a reporter's questions about about new Uh, migrant centers in southern Mexico and how prepared the country is to receive migrants expelled by the U.S. under a new policy. This year's North American Leadership Summit was held against a backdrop of the historic levels of immigrants uh, illegally crossing the U.S.-Mexican border. Ahead of the summit, the Biden administration announced several new border policies, including an agreement that Mexico will accept up to 30,000 illegal immigrants a month after they are expelled from the United States. 
there were are there are there were an ex estimated thirty six point six million Hispanic people of Mexican origin living in the United States as of twenty seventeen, according to the Pew Research Center. The population of foreign-born Mexicans living in the U.S. had grown by 29% since 2000, totaling about 11.2 million in 2017. During the press conference, the Mexican president went on to explain that Mexican social policies have been enticing more residents to stay in the country. Evidently, they've changed a few things down in Mexico and made it a little more uh, reasonable for people to stay there. We've reduced the number of Mexican migrants, he said. There are less migrants abandoning Mexico now because there's public investment. Because out of 35 million families, 30 million families are now receiving at least a program, a well-being program. And this is a very different uh, manner of doing this here in Mexico. In other words, they're receiving what we would call aid or foreign investment. But that's rather stunning, I think, for the Mexican president to admit that there are 40 million Mexican-born immigrants now living in the United States. Now, I was going to ask you a question, Kenny, and I don't know that you can pull us out of the top of your head or not. Uh, How many people live in Minnesota? Do you know? Uh, Five million. Is 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 that about right? So, in other words, there are four times as many... Mexicans living, Mexican-born people living in the United States than there is the population of Minnesota. Okay, I just went to the Google, uh, maybe closer to six, 5.75. 5. But 5. yeah, 7, five okay. and a half, yeah. six mil in that range. That's, yeah. that's still stunning. Yeah. It is. Really stunning. And that that, that tells you these, uh, you know, when they give you these figures that, oh, well, it's not that many. We only have 11 million living in the United States. And that's not true. Nobody seems to really know uh, because, of course, we have uh, immigrants that are stopped at the border. We can count those and keep track of those to some degree. But over the uh, over the last month or so, we've had 125,000, I believe it was, that were uh, turned away or that were let loose, that we don't have any idea how many of them ended up back in the United States because they <clears throat> we send them across the border and they turn right around and come back again. Anyway, we got to go to our Minnesota news break. We'll be back shortly here on Sound Off uh, on the afternoon edition, uh, 610 KDAL. KDAL time is 12.53. We'll go 12.54 and 2.1, 12.54. There it is. And, Brad, uh, boy, I see some sunshine uh, busting through outside here, finally. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. bright. It's very bright. Hey, is, t- is today uh, Cherry Pie Day or something? It's National Pie Day. Oh, just Pie Day in general. And okay. it's also National Rhubarb Pie Day, which I think is Ooh. a dumb thing because there's no rhubarb available in January. Right, Nicole? <laughs> I know there isn't. I mean, that's silly. Oh, that is silly. That is silly. Where would you get Where would you get rhubarb in the middle of January? You couldn't. No, not here anyway. <laughs> Not in Minnesota, anyway. Oh, dear. So how's things uh, at the Dahlberg Law Firm? Well, things are going well. Mr. Dahlberg is currently in Florida enjoying the sunshine, and so I am sitting here holding down the fort for us. And we're still taking lots of appointments to fill up his calendar when he gets back and um, get get that estate planning taken care of. 
So Well, that's wonderful. How long is he going to be down here? I mean, he didn't ask for my permission to come to this state or anything, but I guess... He's in, he's in Key West, and he will be there until the 1st. So he'll be back okay. on February 1st. So, But in the meantime, we do have lots of openings available for mid, mid to late February um, in the office to get your estate planning started. So feel free to give us a call. I can give you the initial information and get the process started and get you on the schedule. And our number... Remember, Minnesota and Wisconsin, we are licensed for the estate planning. 218-722-5809. Right. 218-722-5809. Nicole, our- uh, one, one very important question. Uh, how long is it until your season starts anew? Uh, when I say your season, I mean the NASCAR season. <laughs> I know it starts in February. I believe it's like the Sunday, February 19th. February 19th. That's right. The Daytona 500. I was going to say it was mid February. I didn't know the exact date, but yeah. So so that should, it'll be exciting to start that up again. So. You know, yep. Daytona, Daytona must be like the, you know, the uh, burn fossil fuel capital of the world because <laughs> the week before, the week before the Daytona 500, they have bike week down here, yeah, and they got thousands I, I and thousands of bikes. And also, but before that, that's an interesting point. Before that, they do have what they call the Clash at the L.A. Coliseum, and I believe that's the week before Daytona, and they oh. the L.A. Coliseum where they have like their fun their fun race to start kick off the season. And uh, you know, they transformed the L.A. Coliseum into a racetrack for one week a year. And yeah, I, I remember yeah. seeing that last year. I think last yeah. year was the first year. Yeah. First year that they did it in, in L.A. Yep. So that'll okay. be, that's actually, I believe, the week before Daytona. So. All right. Well, Nicole, can you give the law firm number one more time, if you would, please? Absolutely. 218-722-5809. 218-722-5809. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate that very much. I'm curious, Brad. Uh, now, why did you ask if it was a Cherry Pie Day? Well, because my computer is showing down on the corner, looks like a cherry pie, and that's usually an indication oh, okay. of what's, yeah. you know, what the national day is or something. Yeah, like. well, it's it just must be just national you know, just pie. pie in general. Yeah, just well, pie in general, but also again, uh, rhubarb, rhubarb pie day, which I've never really had rhubarb pie. I've had rhubarb strawberry. Strawberry, yes, you're and absolutely right. Now it's now, funny let because me ask you. yeah. Well, I was going to ask you on pie, do you, this is a stupid question, but it's me. Do you like pie cooked in a metal uh, pan or in a, in one of those glass pans? The Honestly, I've never given it any thought. Uh, I would have to taste test to give you a real yes. honest and, answer. And I think you could do that because I, I <laughs> okay, just Bring in the metal pies. Uh, metal yeah. tins and the glass tins. <laughs> and the Pyrex. Bring the Pyrex in as well. We got two apple pies here. Oh. Kenny's going to try the one, the, the, the one on the Pyrex. the one Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have a preference there, but why do you ask? Well, because I was just reading a story and they said that there is a definite difference uh, and that some uh, some of the better restaurants will make their pies in metal pie tins because that gives a better flavor oh. than the Pyrex. Well, I, I, I guess I don't mind that. Uh, the majority of pies I've eaten or seen have been in metal pie tins, so I, I'm good to go. Um, I was going to say something to you, and I know it slipped my mind, but uh, okay. Well, I was going to ask you, what, what is what's your favorite pie? Because, well, you know, honestly, it goes back quite a ways, and it's banana cream pie. Banana cream. Okay, I'm going to see where this. But I really like apple. Chart here. 
Okay, Apple yeah. is the is the most liked pie. Forty seven percent of Americans said they like Apple best. And I'll tell you what other ones I like when we come back with our number three.